The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Everyone relax, this is Tofop, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson, hello. Oh man, I, you're lucky I'm here today. I, uh, I had food poisoning this weekend. Oh. Have you had food poisoning before? Uh, I have a general level of food poisoning in that most of the food I eat eventually makes me feel terrible. <laughs> so like, I, I'm like one of those, you know what I'm like? I'm like a guy from the League of Assassins, right? And I've been tra- training all these years by poisoning myself slightly every day. Yeah. So that, like, yeah. you know, when a big one comes along, I have a natural level of immunity. I am still poisoned, but I have an immunity to the poison. You did, um, you did come to mind during my ordeal because it was uh, <laughs> triggered by it was triggered by chicken, which is is quite a common cause for uh, food poisoning, salmonella, yeah. and so forth. And I was, as I was thrashing around in my bed, praying for a swift death, I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the moment I become a vegetarian. Like this is. This is a comeuppance. All this, you know, we talked last year when I was training for that men's health thing about how many chickens I consumed, how many chicken embryos I consumed to get my new body. Maybe this, this is the comeuppance for, for, that, for that vanity. No, because ironically, this means that you probably have a good body again. Because food poisoning is the best <laughs> well, way to get, <laughs> get your good body back. So to be honest, that was the other chicken thing. has helped you out that- again. <laughs> That was, I mean, that was the one thing in my delirium that I was pleased with. As I spewed up for probably the 15th time in the space of four hours, I right. did catch my reflection in the mirror and I was like, fucking hell, the abs are looking pretty good. I mean, that's, that's what you got to do to get your core in good shape. That's what you should have done before that photo shoot. You should have spewed up all day. You, see, that's the thing. If you want to lose a lot of weight, what you really need is chicken. You either need to put it into your diet and then go to the gym, or you just need to eat it raw and see what happens. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's so it, it, there's a chicken shop up the road uh, uh, that we've been going to for you know since we've moved into this area, and it's never had any issues before. And they make these delicious chicken wraps, so you can get you know chicken tabbouleh, chicken and salad, chicken hummus, whatever you want. So Jeremy and I got these two wraps. The only variance was that hers was grilled chicken and mine was chicken schnitzel. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they've, they they all come from the same batch of chicken. Or if the ones that get, get, gets crumbed comes from another chicken, but I'm assuming it does because she skated through. And the thing is, I've only had food poisoning once before. I was in Berlin a couple of years ago, where uh, Gemma and I were out uh, at this cafe, and I had one of these uh, 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 um, moments of male ego and pride, which brought me undone. Where we'd ordered this pizza, and Gemma only ate one slice, and I was so annoyed that she only ate one slice of this pizza. To, to get value for money, I ate the rest of the whole pizza, which was this pepperoni pizza, which my hubris proved to be my undoing will because I was so fucking sick. And I got to tell you, like, 
being in a foreign country when you were that fucking ill, like it was a Saturday night in Berlin and I was, I thought I was dying. Like I was so fucking sick and, and delirious and fevering. And Gemma was worried for me and she was like, let's just take you to an emergency ward. And in my head, I'm like, I just can't go into an, a German emergency ward on a Saturday night. Like, I think it'll just be too much for me. Like, oh, especially in that state, a bunch of yelling Germans. I don't know. Like, I might, I might slip into kind of strange, like, paranoia. I'm back in World War Two or something. I mean, it, it is one of those things. I mean, firstly, it was Saturday night in Berlin, so Gemma just probably wanted to go out and drop me off somewhere. She probably yeah. didn't. Probably didn't want to miss the best night of the week. But yeah, like if you go to King's Cross, the uh, hospital at King's Cross on a Saturday night, you were going to see a lot of interesting cats. And then if they were all also speaking German in Berlin, I think that would be a little bit too yeah. much. That would not help yeah. you recover. The city where they have 48-hour dance parties where people paint themselves and listen to techno, like I think you're going to see some techno Vikings for sure right. in that emergency ward. But this time around... Like I, cause I'd been through it once before and the way it sort of happens is it, it tends to be like a, like a 12 hour ordeal or it comes on within a couple of hours of eating the food. And then, by, by the way, w welcome to describing food poisoning, the new podcast from the boys at Tofop. <laughs> just in case people aren't aware, because it is, it was surprising to me just how, um, similar the experiences were like it was oh, the timing of everything. So the, the poison comes on within about two hours. And then it's like every 20 minutes, your body is expelling fluid whatever way it can. Uh, so you have a mix of fever, like this, you know, cold, you get those, you know, the cold sweats and uh -huh. then you feel way too hot and then you have to run to the bathroom. So knowing what was coming, oh. we, had, um, we had an event to go to that night. A friend of ours um, was his birthday party. And knowing what was coming, I said to Gemma, look, I think I would feel a lot better about this if you just left. Like, just go out for a few hours. I will text you if it gets really serious. But I need full. I need full the full ability to just be disgusting and let everything out because I just don't know what's going to happen here. So she reluctantly left. Reluctantly to me. I'm pretty sure once she's out the door, she's like, "Fucking thank God, <laughs> I'm leaving that horror show." Uh, and it was ugly. Like it got bad. Like at one point, I was debating because I was moving between the bedroom and the bathroom, the bedroom and the bathroom, because I'd go and I'd be sick and then I'd feel so fucking weak that all I'd want to do is just crash on the bed, but then I'd only get about 20 minutes rest before I'd have to be up again and back to the bathroom. Did you think about so just taking thought, a pillow into the bathroom and lying on the bathroom floor? Yes, yes. I thought if I take a pillow into the bathtub, right. it's oh. like a catchment area. Oh. So I can just lie on the pillow and everything... In <laughs> Everything can just in a bath, leak out of me. In a bath of my own leakage. I could just that was in my own poison. That, that was the thought. was like, I won't have to get up. I can just open whatever orifice needs to be opened and stuff comes out of me. No problem. No problem. Uh, that, that should have been your shot for men's health. Yeah. You, you in the bath. Lying covered in, in your own, of my own filth. <laughs> but his core looks amazing. The other thing they tell you about uh, food poisoning, like the, the, the major danger with it is dehydration. Right. So you're meant to, even though you can't keep anything down, you're meant to drink constantly. Because I guess the idea is you flush out whatever's in your system that's fucking you up. Um, so that's the thing that kind of concerned me. It's like, okay, 
if I'm slopping around in a bathtub of my own filth, like how am I possibly going to like drink water and not risk getting something in my mouth? Ah. So I made the decision that I need to keep those two worlds separate. I need to expel in one room, clean up, go to the other room and then try and, and drink water. Okay. No, that, that makes sense. That's retain some human dignity. <laughs> That's my philosophy on life. Retain some human dignity, for fuck's sake, Charlie. So that became a running battle for about six hours. And um, the other thing that happens, a really weird thing, is you get these, because you, you've got this fever going, you, you get exhausted really quick. Like you get very, you know, tired. So you do sort of like, I guess you pass out for like five, ten minutes at a time. And you have the most intense fever dreams like you just don't know where the fuck you are or what's going on uh-huh. but it's it's it is hard to describe it is like it's like taking a drug trip that is so intensely psychedelic you cannot possibly describe like you understand there is some rational uh like purpose to what's going on but you can't decipher it because it's such a fucking avalanche of images and words and all this kind of stuff so you just in a constant state of disorientation at one stage Gemma was texting me periodically just to check that I was okay. And I don't remember, but I must have been texting her back in my delirium. And so I was going through my messages the next day. And it was, uh, Gemma was saying to me, she said, okay, uh, just arrived. How are you doing? Trying to sleep, full stop. Weak, full stop. Okay, I'll check again soon. Are you still vomiting? Trying to sleep, full stop, weak, full stop. <laughs> I mean, Half full, an hour later. I love that you were going with the full stop, though. Like, Punctuation. I mean, you weren't that weak. You were putting in an extra full stop that was unnecessary. <laughs> well, punctuation is important, Will. Right. Retain, retain some human dignity. <laughs> Half an hour later, should I come home? Are you still being sick? Trying to sleep, <laughs> no weak. <laughs> Essentially, I went. I had an automatic response. I'm assuming what happened is my brain was so overcome with a fever. The one, uh, one part of me that was still retained some humanity was like, "Fuck! I'll just send." This is my SOS. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want her there in that situation. I'd rather just be alone and try to get through it. Well, it's interesting you should say that because I uh, had a session with my therapist yesterday. Not All about right. the. Not about the food poisoning, but it, 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 we just started talking about it. And I was saying, told her the same thing, how I told Gemma to get out. And she said, that's interesting. Uh, do you think you're, you don't, you're afraid of Gemma seeing you vulnerable? And I was like, no, I think I'm afraid of her seeing me shit my pants and wanting to divorce. Me. Yeah, no, that's it. No, you nailed it. She's wrong. You're absolutely 100% correct. That was a trick question. That, I, bet, I bet that was some sort of psychologist trick. And if you'd actually answered the other thing, she'd be like, no, no, you're wrong. Never let you see you're your a partner shit yourself if you can avoid it. It's probably going to happen once or twice accidentally in your life, particularly if you happen to live long enough. But you know what? Avoid it until you can. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's some things should remain a mystery. I'm not a, ba- I, I'm not a bathroom even like, I don't, the other person, I'm not, just you go to the bathroom by yourself. That's fine. Keep it to yourself. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I think there's, uh, we, we pretty much, I'd say we're 70 to 80% that, but you know, if there's an urgent, you know, need to get something from the bathroom or someone's in there, then, sure. you know, we can deal with it, but it's not, it's not my, 
It's not my preferred right. interaction, let's say. Yeah. No, but there are exceptions to the rule. Of course. Yeah. Emergency hair dry retrieval, yeah. things like that. I'm not crazy. Like, you know, I'm um I'm, I'm the same. Like I'll make exceptions, but you know, as a general <laughs> principle, yeah. <laughs> hey, um speaking of chicken, I wanted to tell you this story because it occurred to me just the other yeah. day. Um so when I was at home, I was trying to make the dogs, you know, fresh food every day and kind of make them, you know, nice, nutritious food and, you know, kind of look after them a bit, you know, saying I was going away and stuff. And so... Oh, sorry, po- sorry, sorry to interrupt, just one last thing on the food poisoning. Yeah. It got so bad that my dog, who I've seen eat his own vomit, yeah. sniff other dog's shit, he bailed on me. Like Junior came into the bathroom at one stage when I was hunched over the bowl and like groaning, looked at me and then just left the living room. I crawled back to bed and I called for him to come comfort me. Yeah. Motherfucker didn't come back. Junior's he like, stuck his head back out into the hallway. Junior's like, pull yourself to fucking together, man. You're a disgrace. You're meant to be my owner. Fucking pull yourself together. I was like, eat my vomit, you son of a bitch. He probably would. But he's not going to let you fucking just vomit and then lay in it because he has fucking standards. <laughs> All right, sorry. Back to your uh, making nutritious food for your dogs. Oh, no, no, that's okay. So, yeah, so I've been making them food, but it means that I've been handling chicken, right? So I'm very paranoid when I am um, using, like, you know, raw chicken to make sure that I wash my hands and all those sort of things because, you know, like, the worst thing would be to not even eat chicken and get food poisoning from chicken. So, but... On one of the last days, I didn't have time to cook them like, you know, you know, from raw chicken. So what I did was I put all the vegetables and rice and all the other stuff together. But then I just got like a barbecue chicken from the chicken shop and kind of just... So I was tearing it apart because, you know, you want to get rid of the fatty bits and whatever. So just, yeah. yeah. So I'm tearing... But I'm just using my fingers because fucking whatever. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, even though I'm vegetarian, I can touch touch a bit of chicken. I pick up their shit all the time. I can touch a bit of like thing that normal people eat as food right so i'm yeah but i okay so i may have been a little medicated because i like to i find the preparation of food while i'm medicated to be therapeutic you know it's kind of fun to you know to cook and do something but it doesn't really involve too much thinking you know um so i'm pulling apart this chicken and then i find myself like licking the juice off my hand like yeah, just oh without without think, without thinking you know i just kind of had this involuntary yeah because i bite my fingernails and stuff too so i'm shitty at putting my fingers in my mouth and so your brad th- your brad pitt in interview with a vampire where he's sworn off human blood but then he sees someone's blood and you see his like fangs start to stick out and right. he starts licking his lips i mean it was delicious and i did actually think Maybe I could just finger chick. No, that's not all I want to say. Maybe I could, you know, put my dip my finger. No, there's no good way to say this. Um, no. Nah. So, but that's not cheating because I'm still just giving them the chicken. But I kind of if yeah. I if I just lick the delicious chicken juice off my fingers, <laughs> that's technically not. I think you can get away with that. I think. I mean, you've always maintained <laughs> that as a vegetarian, you won't proactively end the life of an animal. Right. But if by circumstance animal juice right. comes across your plate or over to, onto your food, then, well, you know, if it's there, it's fair game. <laughs> yeah, I certainly do a lot of not asking as well. Like, you know, for example, when you go for like pho or something like that, a lot of the time even the vegetarian one has like chicken stock or whatever is like made with, you know, those sort of things. But I just don't ask because if it says vegetarian, I'm going to assume that it's vegetarian. 
if there's no like you know animals floating in it then you know it's vegetarian as far as i'm concerned yeah man ignorance is bliss 100 percent right. <laughs> yeah that's the moral of that story ignorance is bliss. yes well fuck man we're learning that at the moment right the less you know the better right I, well i was in alaska so i just did uh four days five days in alaska which is a you know that's very sort of much you know a lot of trump voters and stuff in that part of the world so that was really interesting um yeah you you, you said last time you're 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 going to be interested to see how that material went down how did you try some political stuff yeah i must admit the one thing i will say about alaska is Alaska is very much like, well, Fairbanks anyway. I don't know if all Alaska, because I haven't been there that much. For for those at home, Charlie just tried to drink out of his bottle and just spilled it all over himself. Still hasn't quite recovered from that food poisoning. <laughs> Fuck you, dickhead. <laughs> now that That's why we don't run video. Now that you've had a drink, do you have to go and spew in 20 minutes? Is that how it works? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. This will be Junior's opportunity to take over as co-host of the podcast. We've been looking for more video content on this show. Maybe that's what it'll be. It'll just be like a webcam set up in my bathroom every time I get food poisoning. Maybe it'll appeal to that South Park crossover sort of audience, you know? Like, family guy. There's a lot of spewing in those sort of shows. I feel like... I feel like... Okay, what... Okay. How many more listeners would we have to get for you to spew every episode? Oh, because uh, here's what? the thing, uh, right? <laughs> Imagine we did one episode where you spewed, and because I am a sympathetic vomiter, it like the tension between us was so good on the podcast because like you're doing the one thing that I fear the most, like you know. So, but it went so well yeah. that we got so many more new hits. All these like you know, there was blogs about it, there was a Reddit post, like the podcast blew up. We're number one around the world. Like, how many more listeners would we need for you to do that every episode? I don't think I could do it. I hate spewing. Like, I still have a real, like, childhood fear of throwing up. Like, I will do anything I can to avoid it. Like, you know, like, when you go to the gym and there's certain dudes who lift weights and they make so much fucking noise when they're lifting the weight. You're like, come on, dude. Like, do you really need to, you know, make that much noise? I'm like that with vomiting. And the noise I make is like my childhood fears expressed. I hate it. I'm always convinced I'm going to choke. Like, it's the worst feeling in the world for me and i just fucking i hate that feeling of you just don't know when it's going to stop like you keep bringing up shit and it's like god please let this be the last no it's not the last man <laughs> and so i'll fucking cry and moan which again is another reason why i wanted Gemma out of the house because i don't want to hear her i don't want her to hear me weeping right because i do i get very fucking sooky and this is like i just fucking hate it so much so i don't know man like i if you if that was the kind of um if that was the the bottom line that like you came to me and said dude I'm I'm walking off this show unless you spew every episode. We're making we're making shit tons of money. We've got all right. these listeners. The show's a huge success, but you have to spew every episode. I think I'd have to seriously consider my position because that would be hell for me if I if that became some medical condition where I experienced nausea on a daily basis, chemotherapy, something like that, where yeah. I had to throw up every fucking day. That that would be hell on earth for me. I reckon. Okay, what if we got like. Up to $500,000 a month on Patreon. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> my fingers would be... Before you even finish that sentence, as I, a sentence, I had two fingers down my throat. Uh, I could do it for that. Fuck yeah. It'd be a great James... Yeah, a new oh, house? Great, ja great James Fosdyke. Uh, yeah, this is the house my podcast built. <laughs> <laughs> I've spewed in every room. <laughs> I call it the vomitorium. 
your house is just this is the raw chicken room. This is the three day old Indian room. <laughs> this is the barley you, water room. Know, we've all got mates. There's you've all got mates who can um you've been out with them drinking whatever uh-huh. and they spew and they just shrug it off and keep drinking. Yeah. I've never understood that. Like uh-huh. I spew, I'm done. Send me home. I might as well be in an emergency ward. Uh, I, I don't want to be anywhere. I don't want to like be vomiting anywhere. I, I'm on the way home if it ever happens already. I've already, I've spotted that it's coming. Like I'm ever, I've had a couple of times, like this is the thing with like pot that you have to be careful about. And this is why I think in the places where it's legal, I was just in Alaska where it's a legal state there as well. I think they're a bit more conscious about how you combine it with alcohol and those sort of things because you can just tell people and you can talk about it in that way. But early, mm. early on, you know, when I was getting into it, particularly in America where it's so strong here, I was in San Francisco and I'd had some sangria with lunch and then we went onto a roof like, uh, and it was like one of those apartment blocks that you could get onto the roof, but there wasn't a designated area on the roof. You were literally going up the stairway and jumping across things that repairmen and stuff like that did to kind of illegally, I guess, probably sit on the roof. So we, go, so we go up there and like sit up there and smoke some pot and it's brilliant looking at San Francisco, but then I completely green out and like feel yeah. terrible, but I'm on this roof that's really hard to get down but I don't want anyone else there either. So I'm like, I want them to go away so I can be sick, but they don't want to leave because I'm fucking sick on a roof and they think I'm going to like fall off or whatever. And it's the worst. Like, I, I like you know, I'm just going, please just go away. You know, I, I will actually die if you stay here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the, it was the worst. The, there's something particularly, uh, the, the green out yeah. is worse than the spewing from, the spewing from um, alcohol because there's something... You know, like pot makes you fairly introspective as it is. So as you are vomiting or going through that experience, there's a lot of self-analysis going on. Right. A lot of very kind of like heady, philosophical, what the fuck yeah. am I doing with my life? What are, the, brought this upon what are the choices that I'm making? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I remember once Gemma picked me up from um, uh, uh, Stephen Gates' house, Stephen Gates from Tripod and... We'd been um, smoking pot and playing video games and whatever. And Gemma had come to pick me up and I was um, being annoying, drunk and obnoxious and a bit stoned. And so she started driving very fast around roundabouts and over speed bumps just to kind of as a like, fuck you. And I started greening out real bad. And she was, she thought I was joking, but I was like, no, 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 you have to pull over. I'm going to be sick. And so she put over on the side of the road on Punt Road, (laughs) like in front of like, just like uh, Saturday night traffic and I was on hands and knees like spewing into a gutter and I like I said I make a lot of noise when I spew like I and so I was like groaning and all I could hear from inside the car was laughter <laughs> and Gemma saying what the fuck are you doing out there <laughs> sounds like a fucking dinosaur and that's actually how you got spotted for Blue Healers right yeah <laughs> One of those amazing stories about a casting agent just coming by at the right time and just going, that yeah, guy. Yeah, that's my, that, that, that's my Marilyn Monroe Listen story. Listen to the way he projects when he vomits. Imagine what he's going to be like when he's acting. <laughs> and those abs. Look at his core. He's going to be amazing with his shirt off and his projection is amazing. Plus, <laughs> plus we have a lot of raw chicken in our catering. So this is brilliant. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I was thinking about this the other day because I was in... Uh, 
I, 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 I had a bit of stomach pain from just traveling and I just think late nights and not eating regularly and all those sort of things. And so I was just having a bit of a lie down. And we forget that our body needs nutrition, I think, mm. sometimes. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I do, not we. You probably don't. You think about those sort of things. But I, I was laying there and I was going, why does my stomach like hurt? And then I thought about what I'd eaten that day and I'd realized, so, well, here we go. So for breakfast... A bag of sugar. <laughs> yeah. A pound of sugar washed down with Coca-Cola. I don't know why I felt sick. A sandwich I found under the bed and... <laughs> no, so I was in... San, uh, uh, you know where I was? I was in San Francisco and um, I got up in the morning and I had walked down to the like the port or whatever and I'd had a grilled cheese sandwich from the markets and it was delicious like a proper American grilled cheese sandwich and it was oh so fucking tasty amazing then uh for lunch I had uh, like some uh, kind of a uh, cheese pizza a couple of slices of cheese pizza and then I went mm -hmm. and did the gig that night and they got us uh, Mexican food and I had a quesadilla so essentially what I did was had three grilled cheese sandwiches made by different countries. I had I had America's go at a grilled cheese, I had Italy's go at a grilled cheese, and I had Mexico's go at a grilled cheese, and then I was wondering why my stomach felt a bit weird. I think the answer for you is to stay out of San Francisco. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it just shows, because I, I thought in my head, each time I ate one of those things, like because if somebody had said at lunchtime, do you want another grilled cheese sandwich? I'd be like, no, no, I had a grilled cheese sandwich for breakfast. But because it was like pizza, I was like, oh, yeah, pizza, that's fine. Even though it's the exact same ingredients. It's like a MasterChef challenge. My day was like three different chefs with the same fucking ingredients and they just prepared it three different ways. Is that your, is that your kind of uh, default, you know, I'm not sure what's on the menu, cheese? Grilled cheese will do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, grilled cheese. I can't go past the grilled cheese. That's like the vegetarian's equivalent of a chicken sandwich because chicken is like if you're a meat eater, like, you know, chicken kind of goes with everything. You always know what you're going to get. Chicken sandwich. But if you're a vegetarian, not a vegan, I guess, cheese sandwich would make a lot of sense. Yep. And is it different kinds of cheeses? Yeah, they tend to. And some of them have a bit of a this, – this one that I had at the markets had some sort of – some of their own – some paste of their own concoction <laughs> – you know, there was something else in the middle of it, like some sort of flavoring, some oh, yeah. sort of like, you know, whatever. Truffle truffle oil or something? It wasn't, but I did actually have a truffle oil one, which was quite delicious. I was lucky enough, I won't mention what the dinner was for, uh, but I was ha lucky enough to be out at dinner the other night uh, and somebody ordered a pizza for the table and it was a uh, truffle pizza. Cost $140. And you know what? didn't taste that much better than normal pizza <laughs> oh really it was one of those things when they ordered it and then they offered like everyone a slice of it i'm like well i'm definitely having a slice like i never would have ordered something that expensive myself but this must this is going to be amazing and then i had it and i was like yeah i'd rather order 140 dollars worth of pizza you know i reckon <laughs> i if you did a blind taste test on me for most of like, you know, if it was food, drink, and you had, like, five-star restaurant food and, you know, like, I reckon I would... I reckon there's a very high probability I would not be able to pick the high quality. I don't think my, my palate is discerning enough that I would be able to tell the difference. I mean, obviously, depending on, on the food, but 
Like, I agree. Like, I, I, I could not tell you what a $140 pizza should taste like. I mean, I couldn't even tell you what the difference between a $15 and a $30 pizza would taste like. Right. I mean, to be honest, yeah. Like, a, you can get a pizza done at $12. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's rare that anything over twelve dollars actually adds that much in value to the pizza. I reckon you can get a good exactly right. At some point, at some point, it plateaus, right? Yeah. Like okay, let's say hypothetically, you know, you can increase the ingredients from fifteen up to I'd say like a fifty dollar pizza. You know, I reckon that's where you're at your premium ingredients, and then you're just making shit up, right? That's when you that's when you're like. You know, mixing it in a Fabergé egg bowl or something like that. Yeah, I'm going lower than that, though. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Obviously, there's a massive difference between a $6 pizza and a $12 pizza. I'm maybe even willing to go as high as, I'll meet you in the middle, there's a difference between a $12 pizza and a $24 pizza. But here's what I'm telling you. After that, there's not that much fucking difference. Certainly not worth paying for difference. No. No, you'd want a blowjob or something with that pizza. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's what you do. It's $140. Oh, you all get a blowjob. You knew that, right? <laughs> that's what white truffle means in this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> when we offer deep dish, we also offer deep throat. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's the famous deep throat pizza. We're famous for it in this city. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of pizza do they do in Alaska? Uh, you know what? Frozen. Ta-da! Woo! <laughs> oh, man. That's really good. That's that's one for our Christmas cards. <laughs> that's a really well, good that's one. That's been getting a lot of traction, hasn't it? I've had two separate printers contact me very seriously about the Christmas cards, saying if you guys decide to go through oh, the greeting cards, if you decide to go through with it, let us know. Well, I had a couple of people hit me up going, you know, we've got a wedding coming up or we've got a, and like kind of, <laughs> I don't know if that was serious, serious, but they certainly seem like they, I don't know, hit us up, hit us up on the Facebook page. It's been a long time since we've had an, an idea that's lost us money. So, you know, we do, we do need another little project, you know, Patreon's ticking along nicely. Maybe, uh, maybe the greeting card thing is something we can explore. <laughs> well, I mean, if there's enough interest. So, you know what, hit us up on the Facebook page and let us know if, and then we'd have to work out some way we could actually do it. But if there is some way, even in some limited form, that we could do a few, then sure. Like, if there's enough interest, why not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess how would it have to work? Would we... Because the idea was personalising them, right? Yeah. So we'd have to contact one of these printers and see how quickly they could turn it around and what the minimum print-off would be. Because I imagine if someone just wants one card, no printer's going to be interested in that. So maybe if it's a... Well, it can't be a personalised message then, can it? Okay. It could be a unique message. How about this? Yeah, well, because I was about to say we could just have like, you know, for example, that would be a perfect quote for the card. You know, that one you go, what what, you know, what pizzas do they eat in Alaska? Frozen, you know, Charlie, Tofop, right? You know, that's funny. And then they, yeah. you have like a drawing on, the, you know, whatever. That, you know, that, that's a fun idea. <laughs> but then I was thinking, do they do... What about, um, uh, I love uh, Chinese crackers. What do you call them? Like uh, fortune cookies. So, you yeah. know, when you go to a Chinese restaurant and you get a little fortune cookie, do they do, could we do Tofop? Like, so tofop they have fo- fortune, fortune cookies. cookies that have like Tofop quotes in them. So you could get like a bag of Tofop fortune cookies and then you have your party and you Fuck crack man. them open and they say things from the podcast. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. I'm totally done. And best of all, if you eat the cookie, it gives you food poisoning. 
Uh, probably, probably, because we won't be able to afford really good ones. So it's you, laced if, with laced with salmonella. Certainly, if you eat the piece of paper and the ink from the cheap Bangladeshi factory <laughs> we got it from, then oh, hang on, is that uh, Mike Howes put up a link here uh, that there, uh, our fancy fortune cookies, custom fortune cookies. Here we go. I'll have a look at the website here. See what they say. We can t- uh, whatever your message. We can tell your. Are fortune. you looking at the web? Are you are you looking at the website? The very if you go, you're looking at the website for it. I am. Yeah. Doesn't that first cookie look a bit like a vagina? Uh, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> the bedazzled one. Are you looking at that red fortune cookie with the bedazzled kind of pubes? <laughs> I mean, firstly, you don't have to point out which one it is. If I am indeed looking at the page, because it's very clear <laughs> if you're looking at the page which one it is you're talking about. It's the one that looks a lot like a vagina, but at the same time, it doesn't really look anything like a vagina. Like if you've, if, but at the same time, you're giving me some ideas because if I did get to you know, that part of the body and it had a little icing and some like, you know, little sweet love hearts like that one has there, then maybe that would, that'd be something that people would be into. Um, you know what? The, the caption next to that vagina looking fortune cookie says fortune cookies always get opened. They're definitely fucking with us. Yeah. Well, maybe, well, maybe the thing is about that is, oh, you know what? That'd be a good angle for a stripper, right? Imagine like your like your thing was like I'm fortune cookie right, and you come out and at the end like you have it all kind of painted like that fortune cookie is there. But at the end of your dance, you open up your legs and like a little saying and comes you, out. And look, there's a little note. I love it. Right, uh, Michael, can you take a screen cap of that uh, that fortune cookie vagina? I think people might want to see it on the Facebook page. Right. Well, maybe they won't. No, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe they won't. Anyway, so, okay, let's have a look at the rest of the page here. Um, so, oh, yeah, okay. So, you can have, like, you can kind of customize your fortune cookies. Like, you can put chocolate on them and all sorts of things. Uh, so, they've got quite, yeah. a, quite a range. But we'd want to keep it pretty simple, right? Just like old-fashioned. Yeah. Traditional. Well, what's, I mean, what's, a, do we have a color scheme? Like, our logo, it's sort of, we're kind of like red, black, and chrome. Right. That's sort of our color scheme. I don't know that looks particularly appetizing. No, and, and um, I mean, we stick- once you get chocolate coated and covered, I think that's problematic. I reckon it's, you want old school, traditional, simple, vanilla fortune cookies. Here we go. Let's. So I'll do yeah. the quick view on this one, just the traditional ones. So, yeah, yeah. F- up to five free custom messages in the entire order. Yeah. Additional messages, five dollars extra. Okay, and they're okay, fi- fifty nine cents. Is that mean fifty nine cents each? Okay, yeah, all right. So that and that's American. That's it's American. American. So, I mean, to kind of dip our toe into this is going to cost us, you know, a couple hundred, yeah, maybe a little bit more dollars, you know, to see what we do, I guess, at the start. But if people mm. are interested, that'd be pretty fun. So, I how think. do, so how, how do we work out? Are we, are, are we you, you're thinking we dip back into the archives, just in TOEFOP wisdom? Well, I think that one of them should say, everyone relax. There should be one, everyone relax, right? Uh, that should be the golden ticket yeah. fortune cookie. If you get one that says everyone relax, you win a trip to the Tofop factory, which is basically my living room. <laughs> Not much to see. I know you're joking about this, but I do kind of love where that train of thought is going. I wonder if there is a way in this where we could hide, like, so there is only five everyone relaxes or whatever. So then it is a thing where people like sign up to the Patreon or something and you get like sent these things but amongst them there's like five yeah golden tickets sort of things. 
well, well maybe we can may, may, maybe we can do maybe we can tie it into the Melbourne Comedy Festival show we're right. going to do where you win like access all areas past the comedy festival show maybe we got you know we have a bite to eat beforehand or something like that it's like you get the full tofu up experience which is just basically will and i sitting around in his hotel room talking bullshit yeah but i mean if that's interesting that's fun i love the idea of like oh it's it's charlie and the tofu factory <laughs> <laughs> Or Willy Wonka and the Tofop Factory. (laughs) It depends if you're talking about the Tim Burton remake or not. It's a good point, Charlie. How have we not seen this before? We've got a Willy and and a a Charlie Charlie this whole fucking time sitting right in front of us. I mean... I mean, this is like one of those... (laughs) This is like one of those Westworld moments where people are like, oh my God, are they... The Willie and Charlie from the Chocolate Factory now. And they have a podcast together. I can't believe we've been doing this for six years and we've been friends for like over a decade and we've never worked out the fact that we have the names of the two lead characters from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's because you never go by the name Willie. Willie. No, not really. But Willie, I mean, you I, don't, you I don't imagine... See, you're I imagine, not a very Willie... I imagine you don't strike me as a Willy. Well, I imagine Willy Wonka's full name was William Wonka, but I don't know. Like there may be people out there who can can tell me, or you know, maybe we can Google it. Mike, how can you see if you can if there's any evidence that Willy Wonka's you know full name is William Wonka, or if he was born? Yeah, Willy? find his, his his fictional biography online. There'll be a Wikipedia entry yeah. for that for sure. I would like to know William Wonka. I mean, I, I, it doesn't have the same ring if he was. If he just chose to call himself Bill Wonka, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Not the same kind of alliteration or, or charm to it. Bill yeah. Wonka, or chocolate he... factory owner. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Wonka, it sounds immediately more sus- suspicious. Would you let your kids hang out with Bill Wonka in his candy factory? They're definitely getting molested if that happens. I guarantee it. You are sending your kids to a pedophile. By the way, they sent their kids to a guy who, you know, possibly murdered four of them so <laughs> it's not that much better to be honest just because he gave one of them a chocolate factory in the end doesn't excuse the fact that he murdered four other children <laughs> we won't be doing that in the tofot one we won't be giving five people an opportunity and then murdering four of them beforehand although i would love it if one of the winners of the Tofup golden ticket was a fat boy from Germany. <laughs> we just shove him in a pipe. We're trying to stick him down the toilet in your hotel. He's like, Get in there, Augustus. He's like, I've never had food poisoning and I am from <laughs> Berlin. That's my best German accent. Or my best Augustus Glyph accent. Uh, Willie appears to be his proper name. Well, there you go. All right. Well, fuck you, Willie Wonka then. Um, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Let's yep. explore that more off air. Yeah, all right. Well, there you go. We haven't had a stupid idea for a while, so it's good to <laughs> say we're back. <laughs> go back to Alaska. Oh, yeah. So um, it was minus 32. Fuck that. Right? Like, it's amazing. Like, it's one of those places where, you know, I mean, we're from Australia, so I've really been ever to a place where it was even minus you know, I was trying mm. to work. I was trying to work it out over there because I was like, really, in Sydney, it probably only gets down to like thirty or forty Fahrenheit, like you know, as cold as it gets. And suddenly, you're in minus thirty. So it was, 
incredibly different to anywhere I've really been. I don't think I've ever been anywhere that cold. And even for them, that was coldish. It gets down to minus 40, but it was pretty cold. They were all, you know, and just the effect it has on you. Like, I've, because I've never really been much of a snow person or anything either. But mm. th- like, even the way your nostrils just freeze immediately the minute you go out of the house, like it's it's actually quite a pleasant feeling. Like it's got, it gives you a little tingle in your nose. It's kind of like, you know, Fairbanks cocaine because if you just step from warmth out into the snow, you get a little tingle in your nose. And so while I was waiting for my rides, I got into the habit over the four days of like standing inside in the warmth and then just going through the doors and having the little tingle in my nose and then going inside and like defrosting and then going back outside. Oh, did I mention weed is legal there? So <laughs> Weed's legal in Alaska. Now. Yeah, legal. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. So But it's too cold for anyone to fucking smoke. No, it's good. I went to a dispensary. I got taken by one of the guys who runs the gig and um yeah, they took took me in and it's all locally grown. They only have a few strains and stuff and it's all local growers and yeah, run by by locals and it's all really relaxed up there. It's 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 cool. And they but they still smoke inside and stuff. It's the wild fucking west up there. Like it's it's kind of like our Darwin. It's like a cold Darwin, right? Where everyone's yeah, right. everyone's kind of like, don't ask me about what happened before I got here, you know, because I, you know, nobody wants to know. Nobody know wants to know what I'm running from because then you're like, you know, an accessory, you know, after the crime you, or whatever. Did you see a, a mopey-looking Superman trudging around the mountains talking to his dead dad? Yeah, that's what mostly it is, to be honest. That was the. Yeah, a lot of moose. That that moose from Northern Exposure still doing interviews. I oh, still working. Yeah, oh, good. good. Still, still a local he celebrity. Does the, con, does the convention circuit? He was judging a gingerbread house event on the weekend. There literally was a gingerbread house event on the weekend. All these people had made these like they do these fucked up like you know like the castle of Mordor in gingerbread and stuff, and they have oh, this yeah. like competition. I've never been anywhere where there's so many things going on. I think it's the nature of the fact that they do live in this place where, you know, like, I mean, there was only three and a half hours of sunlight when I was there. The sun came up at like 10.30 and went back down at like 1.30 in the afternoon. And it's so cold. Mm. Like, so they have all these things that they do, all these activities. Like, there's lots of really cool bars that I went to, like lots of really nice food. They have like a lot of like, well, the comedy was really well supported. Like people come out to the comedy, but they have like all these. So in the summer, the golf courses are open 24 hours a day because it's sunny 24 hours a day. So yeah. people can play golf all night and they barbecue and they, they kind of have all these. It, it's really quite a, a, a fascinating place, i got to say. But it was amazingly cold. Like I didn't leave the hotel unless I was specifically being taken somewhere. Does that affect your hips when it's cold like that? Well, funnily enough, I would have thought so, but it didn't really seem to. Like ordinarily I would have said to you, yes, it does, but it hasn't seemed to. In fact, they're feeling, and I was on a plane for like nearly nine hours yesterday coming back and normally that's the sort of thing too that would make me feel terrible, but they actually, maybe it's the equivalent of, you know, like when footballers ice their injury, maybe because I stepped Mm. outside in that cold. That is a a kind of uh, like it's one of those trendy new, uh, like health, oh, cry, um, cryo freeze or whatever. Moment. Like Joe Rogan's into yeah, it, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, that's what I'm basing my entire understanding of it on. Is Joe Rogan tweeting photos from his cryo freeze thing? 
Well, maybe I was just in a giant cryo freeze. Yeah. Maybe that's, I mean, that'd be good for tourism in Alaska when people realize it's an outdoor cryo freeze. You can come and cryo freeze and see the Northern Lights. Well, if this was Westworld, you actually didn't go to Alaska. You were just taken off the park, put into stasis, and now they've put you back on. But your memories are telling you, oh, yeah, that's the reason why I I was in Alaska. I was in Alaska. But no, you were just kept in a giant freezer with the rest of the other malfunctioning robots. Well, they fixed my hips while I was in there. So (laughs) maybe that's what what I got pulled out for. Hey, um, Mike Hal brought up an interesting point last week uh, about Westworld merging a few of your favorite things via Luke Hemsworth. So Luke Hemsworth, brother of Chris and Liam, happens to be on your favorite show and is also, like the rest of his family, a huge fan of the Western Bulldogs. Like, it's weird how everything in your life is coming together, Will. I know. I mean, it does make me think that maybe I am not living a real life and I am some sort of simulation (laughs) in in a loop. I mean, I, I, have you watched the last episode of Westworld yet? The final episode? No, nah, not yet. No, so, have you? I watched it twice today. Um, I got okay. it actually, I, I very much like the footy. So I, I ended up, I was going to watch it live last night, but I ended up out at dinner. And by the time I got home, I was a little bit too drunk to uh, like concentrate on it properly. So I went to bed. And then when I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning, I got up and I came out on the couch and like, you know, so you know when you're like half asleep, and like I got a little stoned and I like got the doona out and then like I watched it and it was like the ideal, like almost the perfect, you know, way to watch it. And then I got up again this morning and I watched it again. So anyway, I won't say anything because I know a lot of people, you know, will not have watched it and I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, I mean, it's a show that for me caters so much to all the things that I'm interested in in entertainment. I'm not sure if it's an amazing show, but I know what it is, is if someone was designing a show full of themes and things that I find interesting, then, mm. yeah. this. I mean, if next season they go to Western Bulldogs World and it is just <laughs> <laughs> like a land filled with past and present Western Bulldogs players where you can just like all day go and hang out with them and like, oh, that's a good idea actually. I mean, because imagine you could have that experience where so you go to the park, it's full of your pl- favourite players from different eras, but in different situations. So for example, you can play mm. a game with you know some someone you've always wanted to play a game with, but you can go drinking on an end of season trip. So you can go like so. There's kind of like Bali land over there where you know all mm. the boys are on end of season trip, and you can sort of that's the hedonistic drinking, you know that sort of part of the world. Or there's like you know tribunal land, so you can kind of be there on the night getting a player off or whatever. Well, hypothetically, like if if the Westworld franchise does have various, you know. Um, um, iterations and there is like a sports world right where you can go and you know uh, uh, and and do a touchdown at the Super Bowl or you know um, kick a goal in the grand final whatever like that that to me seems like a harder sell the beauty of Westworld is that anyone can go there and whatever your fitness level or skill set or temperament or whatever you can become a hero or a villain because all you need to do is pick up a gun if I'm suddenly, like, I could imagine that if I was, you know, suddenly in St. Kilda Westworld, <laughs> that I'm in the forward pocket, scores are tied, 30 seconds to go, the ball spills to me, I run in, and then I fucking spray it. 
I think even the fucking robots would look at me and go, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Like, how are we going to factor this? Like, there is, there, unless the ball has a remote control in it, which will steer it, there's no way I can possibly miss. But even then, I would know it would feel like an illusion. If I like spray the kick and then suddenly it corrects itself at the last minute and goes through the goalpost. But that's what it's not going to be. That's one of the themes of the show. And I think I can talk about this without like, you know, getting into any spoiler territory. Well, I'll say two things. And again, I'm very conscious of the idea that I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because it's good to have these things, you know, yourself. But I think it's a show that rewards, you know, like thinking and knowing about things as well. And whether there is other worlds, there is, a reveal of whether there is or isn't in the final episode and the way they do that, I think you will find very delightful. And uh, the other thing I was going to say is I think one of the central themes of the show is what you've just hit on there is this idea of even in this adventure world, if it's set up so that you can't, the robots can't hurt you. If it's set up so that they will eventually always lose, they are doomed to lose because at the end of the day, that's what it's designed for. These people come here and they get to win, regardless of their level of competence to a certain degree. They always get to win because that's how it's conspired to be. Then is that a legitimate you know, experience or not? And there are some people clearly within the universe of Westworld who are happy for the, you know, they're happy for if they kick the ball and it just bounces through. They've had that fantasy moment where like, you know, they kick the winning goal in the grand final. So they don't give a shit that there's a magnet in the ball that like, attracts it towards the line or whatever the fuck it is you know like but there are some people who are like no 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 i want to play in this moment i want this to be everyone playing like they would be and see how i would go in that situation and i think there is Mm. that is one of the philosophies or questions that comes into this show that i find very interesting can i ask you a question that i'm I'm uncertain of so the machines the hosts cannot kill you yeah but they can punch you in the face yeah so well Again, I don't want to spoil too much for people, but I think that yeah. I think that people by now are pretty certain. Like if you've watched up, and again, if you have not watched any of it and you don't want, I'm, I'm going to try not to spoil things, but there's some things I'm just going to have to talk about a little bit. So if you don't want to you know, hear it, then just turn off for a bit and, until you've watched it. But Will drops some mildly specific and broadly thematic spoilers about my brothers and sisters in Westworld ahead. If you would like to avoid them, please tune to time code 58 minutes 25 seconds. Thank you. Now you've watched it up until episode nine, right? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so this is, you'll know all this. It's pretty much confirmed that we're watching different timelines, several different timelines. And anyone who's up to episode nine, I won't delve too more deeply into it. But um, so, uh, what was was the point of why was I telling you that? Um, Uh, Punching, can can the hosts can punch you, they can't kill you. So there's different iterations of the robots and clearly at different stages in the history, uh, you know, they've been able to um, hurt you at different degrees. But also, that when you get to different parts of the park, the further you get out on the adventures, the more it is that it seems that you have the capacity to get hurt, you know, because you've obviously right. pursued that. But thirdly, I think there may be, if you've been back, 
I don't think they've expressly explained it, but if you've been back, I think you can kind of set it at, you know, there are some people who are looking for more adventure. So like, you know, yeah, so there it, are characters. It's, it's kind of like when, it's like when you go to the snow fields and you can do like, right. you know, the, the, the black diamond run or you can do like, you know, the easy run. I think that's so a really good way of level looking expertise. at it. Yeah, and, and the risk, and, and, you, and you adopt the risk. Right. And, you know, the, the narratives are there to push you towards stories still. So eventually the fact that you have something bad's happened to you will either end your story or, as we've seen several times in the show, when someone seems like they've been, you know, bashed or whatever, it's actually happily put them back. You know, one of the characters has uh, said in the last episode, you know, they said the idea of, oh, yes, this bad thing happened to me, but now I am in this great part of the game because the game the narrative had clearly pushed him back in that direction and he was enjoying it it's like going out in big surf you know there's some people who are like well i'm going to get smashed up out there today but i'm going to catch some big waves and that's what is exciting to me about mm. this game but still at the end of the day is there a point in the park where you know the host yeah the idea is this idea of going how real do you want it to be mm. it's funny like um i was thinking about this idea of the hosts kind of allowing you to win or serving every need or ultimately, you know, being subservient to you. Like I've always um, said the reason like I have never been a guy who's into like strip clubs or anything is like, I just hate the idea of, I know why you're here and like, it's a manipulation and like, you know, there, there is nothing, there is no genuine exchange going on here. Like it's, and, and I just don't like that feeling of, well, this is all artificial. There's nothing about this is real. It's all based on the monetary exchange. But by the same token, there is that element of if you are unaware that it is uh, an exchange, if you can be so suckered into that experience that you forget or just it's so cleverly done that you don't realise that you, you're, you're being um, played, well, if you're then, a per- okay. If you're a person who's not into going to a robot land, you know, right... <laughs> And then you go to a robot land and then one of the things that happens in that robot land is that you discover that maybe you've discovered the one robot in that robot land that maybe isn't a robot following their path and they maybe are something more special than that. Isn't that then the most intoxicating story of all to hook you into that place? Aren't you then just in your own narrative anyway? You're just in the narrative of this. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe you're helping out this sentient being or maybe you're being that's your narrative some people want to like ride a horse and shoot people some people want to save what they think is you know they want to save the stripper they want to go to the strip club and they want to talk to them and like i'm gonna no i'm gonna get you out of this club and i'm gonna get you to college because that's where you need to go and and the stripper's like well i'm not sure i want to go to college i'm actually an independent woman who chose to work in this industry and makes a lot of money and blah 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 or but he considers her, you know, him to be the saviour or whatever. That is a very mm. egotistical and compelling narrative to to put on someone. So then you argue, is that person, are you being, isn't that them just playing you at your own, like that's your soft spot? You know? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. You're playing to, it's playing to what your desire is, your desire right. to be the saviour. Yeah. And if, if I know that about you, I say, I don't send you the stripper that's all, you know, sexy stripper. I send you the one that comes over and wants to chat to you and go, oh my God, no one's really ever understood me like this, Charlie. You, you're absolutely right. Thank you so much for the respect you've shown to me. In fact, you know what? Let's run away together. I've never met a man like you before. I imagine that uh, 
like in the world of in Westworld, when you uh, uh, do your application to visit, like they do a full psychological profile. Well, so they say that they say they they know. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. obviously have all these things that are for different people to pursue. Yeah, I mean, if they did that in the real world with strip clubs, it might be a much better experience. You know, like for someone like you, if you just went to the strip club and all the girls were mean to you and stuff, you'd be like. Oh yeah, man. I'm getting turned on. Right. <laughs> none of these none of these girls appear to like me, me at all. Oh boy, I'm spend, I'm staying here forever. <laughs> Will just slips on the black hat. Where's Will? You didn't hear? He's been in the crazy horse for 21 years. Girl, no one's talked to him yet. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's talked to him. <laughs> um, or maybe in like your sort of to use the Westworld analogy, right? So it costs like yeah, say it costs like well, they say it costs between twenty to forty thousand dollars a day to go there, and I right. imagine some of that price discrepancy has to do with the level of game you're going to play. You know, if you're going to blow heaps of shit up or if you're going to blah, blah, blah. I don't know if they've explained that, but I imagine, you know, because why would there be a price discrepancy otherwise? But the other thing is those those games that are at the edges, you know, because obviously the more dangerous it gets and more interesting it gets is the further you get out of like Sweetwater and like where you first land and those sort of things. I imagine there's some people mm. who are like, well, I've saved up my $80,000 or, you know, whatever, and I'm going to spend three days in Sweetwater and that's my Westworld experience. Whereas there's some people who are like, well, I did my three days in, I went to Vegas with my mates, you know, that's the version, right? We all went, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. We all went to Sweetwater for four days. We drank, we like, you know, had sex with prostitutes, we gambled, we whatever. But then you're like, well, to, to be, go and play the further game, you're probably really rich. You've probably been there heaps most of the time, right? Because... Like to play those games that are out there, if you're there for a week or two weeks or whatever it is, mm. like, you know, the amount of money that mm. you need to be playing those games, but also the experience of going, well, I'm sick of this other stuff. I want to go out here and see what else is here. Yeah. It's the difference between, like you said, a Bucks party rocking up to Crown Casino right. for a weekend or James Packer jetting in to go to the High Rollers room. Like I'm sure James Packer's experience in one of his own casinos right. <laughs> is a lot different to, you know, the boys from the country up for the Bucks weekend. Or maybe even that should be the thing with like strip clubs is they should work on a model of if people spend enough money, like there's this strip club, but if you're willing to stay for a week, there's like a, there's a maze to a secret strip club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we should um, do some plugs and finish up because you've got to go soon and... Uh, yeah, I got some shit to yeah. do as well. But um, I got to, I've, I've got to mention that I'm in Denver all this week, Wednesday through Sunday. I'll be at uh, Comedy Works in Denver, which is honestly one of the best comedy clubs in the entire world, and I'm really excited to be back there. And then uh, the week after, Madison, Wisconsin, which is also a brilliant club there, comedy on state. So uh, they're my gigs there. And then uh, I will be in Bermuda, first week of January. I'm filming my special at the Comedy Theatre in Melbourne, January 22. And uh, now my... Uh, brand new show critically will is on sale in adelaide hobart melbourne and sid uh no sydney not quite yet uh, brisbane is already on sale sydney to come and perth to come and uh live tofop at the melbourne international comedy festival announcement to come at some stage 
Yeah, we haven't finalized that yet, yeah. but uh, there's definitely discussions going back and forth. Um, we have a Patreon page, which is a way you can support the show. Um, if you're into things like uh, uh, books with uh, typos, um, uh, uh, courtroom, courtroom artwork, uh, fortune cookies with little bits of Tofop wisdom potentially. Um, go to patreon.com forward slash Tofop. Um, it's uh, basically... Toe fortune cookies. <laughs> Toe fortune cookies, yeah. perfect. Uh, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a monthly subscription essentially and you can um, choose whatever your subscription amount is from a dollar up to will. Uh, $12. No, we can go higher than that. Tw- $20. $20. $20. $20. $20. Twenty twenty twelve dollars. Yeah, uh, it's the uh, the the year of the apocalypse. The uh, Mayans <laughs> predicted it. <laughs> Our podcast will be the end yeah. of times. Oh, actually, um, just before we we, okay. we do go, I don't know. Uh, this is something I wanted to sort of float uh, with the listeners and you. Um, someone sent me a link yesterday. The first ever Australian podcasting awards are being tallied at the moment. Um, someone just sent it to me because I thought it might be of interest. Now we are we are not people who pursue accolades no um but this might be something that would you know be good for us to sort of like put on our resume is you know being a show that has won something um i don't want to do it though if people aren't going to vote i don't want to be the kind of guy who's like hey let's uh let's have a party and then no one turns up so on facebook we'll just gauge a level of interest this i mean it's an independent award ceremony. It doesn't mean anything. It's not sort of been set up by any kind of like reputable board or anything. It's just this people is, who love this podcasts. Is the, this is the speech Charlie will make if we win. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You guys don't matter at all. Um, from what I can understand, it's uh, set up by podcast lovers. Like they, they, want, right. to, they want to promote podcasting and, and it's a, for the podcast community. So um, I think there's quite a few different categories. I'm not sure exactly which one we fit into. Um, but if that's something that you guys would be willing to get behind, then I can put a link up on the Facebook page and, and, and you can throw some, some votes our way. And Charlie and I would never ask uh, you to vote for either of us in the Logies. So I'm going to ask you to vote for Osher Ginsburg because Osher has never got a Logie. And if there's anyone in Australian television who deserves a presenting Logie or even the gold Logie, I'm going to go a step further. So I'm saying Osher for gold. So if you are actually voting in the Logies, uh, then uh, throw a vote Osher's way because I would like to see Osher win a Logie and I think he would like to win a Logie. Yeah, I support that. Is there a hashtag for it? There must be. Uh, Hashtag... Osha, Osha for gold. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, Osha for gold, or possibly silver. <laughs> that's what it oh should my... be. Hashtag Osha for gold, or possibly silver. <laughs> uh, got anything else to promote, or is that it? No, that's it. I think. All right. Well, uh, hopefully, we'll be back again next week. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>